the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 200, recorded Friday, June 19th, 2015. Infocom 2015, part one. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Last week, we spent at Infocom 2015 in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Had the opportunity to speak to a number of really great AV professionals, from manufacturers to integrators to consultants. Uh, So what we're going to do for the next couple of episodes, this is episode 200, we're going to bring you those very conversations. Uh, The first group of folks we talked to was Brock McGinnis, Dave Hatz, Adrian Cottrell, and George Tucker. First, we brought up Adrian Cottrell from Daily Do and asked him what he saw at Infocom 2015. The cynic in me would say that not much new from ISE. Okay. So that's a valid answer, though. I think uh, a lot of the new products in the space that we focus on, digital signage, is often put out first in Amsterdam. So not a great deal of new stuff. There's, the thing that I really like was Christie's velvet LEDs, the 1.2 mil products, uh, the Layard. I think you, one of you guys told me yesterday when I came here about the Layard sub one mil. I think that, I think that yeah. was you. We went and had a look at that. It was really cool. A um, couple of good software applications. Uh, I think those charging boxes are pretty good. The bright box stuff. Yeah, uh, they, they've got a booth and they charge your mobile phone. Quite cool. Um, but uh, not that much new, really, for, from my side of things. Next, we asked Brock McGinnis from Mossbury National what he saw at the show. The highlight of my week was seeing Infocom CEO David Lavascas at the AV Nation tweet-up yesterday. Uh, that, that and the news that uh, Extron has become a major underwriter for AV Nation was also a spectacular thing to hear. Um, I saw some good things that are going to help us with, uh, with what we do every day. I'm an AV integrator like, uh, like Dave. Um, there is a backroom product that Sure was showing uh, that will help us do audio better in conference rooms. Uh, QSC has a new audio product that will help us uh, do audio conferencing uh, better, easier, um, less expensively. Uh, I saw, just saw a couple of cool things at the Kramer booth. Um, the HDBase T 2.0 standard um, that allows uh, four USB streams uh, to be plugged in at the table and transported wherever you need them to go over the same wire as control and signal. And that is going to make all of our lives a lot easier in this uh, you know, Skype for Business um, world that we live in. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they brought out a, um, a click share like button for their uh, Via Connect Pro and Via Collage product. Uh, that was pretty cool. I've seen some great LED as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think that uh, Cellcon Core has some of the best looking product um, on, the, uh, on the floor. Uh, they're certainly winning most of the big deals. Um, they've won a big Microsoft retail deal. Uh, uh, they've uh, done some great uh, boardroom projects, uh, including for Pepsi. 
uh, in New York City, and uh, we we think at this point that they are the category leader um, in uh, in 1.2, 1.6, 1.9, not out of home mm -hmm. uh, as as much as public display, uh, corporate display. Uh, they they've just executed a huge uh, utility project in the state of California uh, that is probably the largest uh, utility control room LED wall uh, that that apparently looks fantastic. I've just seen pictures. Um, there's been there there are a lot of new tools and are they new inventions? No, they're enhancements. Uh, but I came here looking for USB solutions. Uh, USB is the bane of our existence, and um, uh, and I've found some um, and some better conferencing audio solutions. Uh, Phoenix Audio Technologies. I don't know if you've uh, checked them out. They make a tabletop um, beam forming uh, a 360 degree microphone um, that uh, actually has a solenoid soft button where you can mute change volume on the speaker in it. It's uh, $695 list. Uh, it has a USB output. Uh, it can be uh, extended and combined and that is a better looking and appears to be a better performing, not having tested it, but a better performing product than, than what we've been using in that space. Uh, they're going to get a phone call next week. Uh, so that's me. As Brock mentioned, digital out of home or DOOH is something that's been brought up in the digital signage arena. Since Adrian Cottrell runs dailydo.com, that's his space. We asked Adrian to give us his definition of what exactly is DOOH, digital out of home. Well, it's not really an in, you can have out of home, which is indoor, which confuses people. So out of home is really traditional uh, outdoor billboards. And uh, digital out of home is anything that makes that digital. So of course the billboards, LCD, uh, other technologies that you use in the advertising world. So out of home is what people would call outdoor advertising. But of course outdoor advertising can be indoor because you can have it, have it in a shopping hall or a, or a metro or subway or Next up, Dave Hatz gives us his insight on what he saw at the show this year. Well, I think Brock actually took a number of the things that I had on my list. Sorry, which, Dave. No, that's all good. It's, it just means <laughs> we found good things. So I just logged um, on to your phone. Well, that, hey, there you go. <laughs> I, I Honestly, the, the coolest thing I saw is nothing really extraordinary, but Mystery Electronics, a little company, has a box that I've been asking the major control manufacturers to make for years. It has six fader, you know, audio mixer faders on it, a number of buttons, the faders are motorized, and it talks IP back to a number of control of audio mixer manufacturers, so Biamp being one of them. So the idea is, this is a motorized fader that now talks to my Biamp mixer. So I can still have my control system do, say, an auditorium. I can have my touch panel that does all the normal audio controls we do, but when I have that live event once a month, once a quarter, I now have a tactile surface that I can program to make those faders do whatever I need to. Previously, the alternative is to go buy a high dollar digital mixing console yes. and an awful lot of work to make it happen. To go from scene to scene to scene exactly. to scene. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you do, typically we don't need a lot of faders, we just need a couple of physical faders because that's the interface that, in production world that everyone is comfortable with. Right. Um, the other one I found is actually a product I had been ever so slightly exposed to, but from company Luminex, has an Ethernet switches with a Neutrix uh, EtherCon connector on them, on the front. So again, they're, they're gearing it towards the re rental staging market where you have a lot of drop down, you know, you, know, you need the tactical cat cables and that. But 
in our installations, there's an awful lot of cases where I can think of, you know, putting a box or putting a switch on a stage, putting a switch in a podium, where you need that, you know, you want to patch in and out uh, category cables, but now you got a ruggedized connector to do so. Um, the other one I actually found just on the way over here, um, go to go by Barbizon's booth, and they've got a gaff tape gun. Oh, the gaff gun. Yes. The gaff gun. The gaff gun is awesome. So gaff the, gun. So you got to see this. It's awesome. You have to see right. this. You yeah. put a roll of gaff tape. It's like a little, like the, the things they use to measure distance along the floor. It corrals your cables. So if your cables are splayed away, it corrals your cables into one channel and puts the tape on top of them. I wish I would have thought of it. George Tucker from World Stage and Aviation also gives us his picks for what the best things at Infocom 2015 were. Uh, well, for the staging end, uh, the gaff gun I saw, I've been seeing those guys for a while and I really want them on our show. They're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a really, really neat product. Uh, but also there's a guy's Look Solutions just around the corner. They're the only foggers. They're the ones I've been calling all day the fetish foggers because it's been just like fog, 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 fog. It is. You see them a mile um, away. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's been it's like just there. It's all around us, but it's great. But they make a mini fogger, which is really awesome. It's about the size of uh, one of those USB chargers for your phone, and it can go almost for for two hours constant stream. And it comes with little syringes, and you put them in, and it just fogs away. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's water based. It's, it's yeah. Well, it's yeah, a little controller, but yeah, you just carry it around. It's about yay big, man. I mean, it's awesome. That's and awesome. It That's cool. Big 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 stream, uh, and it's water based with a little glycol, nothing much else, and it's great. So you're into really small things, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Heiko <laughs> projectors, yeah. mini foggers, anything else we should know about? <laughs> he does? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do actually. Yeah, no, oh, I don't. don't. I don't. Don't get um, that song going in my head. <laughs> that, that's the earworm from heck. Uh, in the digital signage area, which I have, looking at the map, the digital signage area of this show has grown like Chinatown taking over Little Italy in New York. It is expanding in both directions, and you know you eventually go, wait, it was not this big last year. Oh my gosh, it's big. And it's not just the displays and the mounts. It's the creation content software. It's the easy small business owner being able to pull it down and make something really quick. Uh, it's the, well, they had a whole uh, pavilion where, where they went live and talked about the different aspects of it. But two of the booths that I found in there that I was really fascinated with were uh, VizLogic, which does sort of a transparency cube. Uh, they do one where they get, um, you can flip it and use the LCD screen so it'll look right through, say, like a Coke machine. And you see the, the bottles there and it will do all this fancy stuff and graphics over it. It's really nifty. And they've got a little, um, you put it on a window for your storefront and do some interactive stuff. Really good data acquisition on what and where is <laughs> getting the hits. So if you have 25 stores and you're getting responses, you know who and where. Uh, the other one was called uh, Real Fiction. I don't know if you've seen this. Real fiction, it, it is basically Pepper's Ghost. They take an LCD oh. and they reverse mirror it down through a little accent light. And the accent light is about that big. And it lights up the product and overlays a mapped image to it. So they have one which is a model of the Millennium Falcon. And <laughs> the Millennium Falcon lifts off out of it. It goes flying around and TIE fighters come in. Uh, they did one with a perfume product where it goes above it and sort of does a 19 noir film the 1940s noir film circling around. But the best part of it was they showed two Galaxy 6Xs in, a, in their little boxes, and the video can map, and the video can synchronize, and it can go between the displays, and the video will trace out. And it's a really fascinating. And when I asked the people in the booth how many, she said, how many you want? 
network lag is your only concern was their statement. Right. And they'll use their media player, but they all use others. Um, and the other one was, uh, I'm really in love with those Modero panels at AMX. Mm -hmm. And now they got one that goes in yeah, and the out. Yeah, motorized. It was really cool. I could watch it all day long. <laughs> George mentioned the Madero pad from AMX. The Madero also has NFC, which is unique for a touch panel system. Yes, the NFC part. That was really with, cool. With uh, four layers of security yeah. and, more importantly, LDAP uh, integration. Exactly. That's right. Uh, that's right. And that's, uh, uh, we have a hotel project coming up where uh, we're going to use that for meeting room permissions. Uh, so the organizer swipes their room key in front of it and they're going to be able to uh, they can operate these parameters of the system or that parameter depending on on their level of professionalism whether they have a tech with them or not uh, it's a unionized environment and uh, the hotel operator is is taking steps to kind of reduce uh, the expense for somebody to hold a meeting in their space so uh, and and it's a simple um, it's a simple approach to to uh, helping out a very complex problem. They seem to all be doing that now, is getting into that data acquisition and predictive yeah. actions. Yeah. We know your card does this, you will get access here or there, or you come in with usually a tablet, and here it is, it's live. Yeah. It's really cool, they're all doing it. As we wrap up, we ask Adrian Cottrell, who's from England, why he comes across the pond to visit the Infocom US show. Mainly because he's in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and, all the, and all the English people come to Orlando, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, we like Orlando. Yeah. yeah. We, when we looked in our diaries going back, we, we, we tend not to, we always say we tend not to cover Infocom because it's too AV for us. But we've been to Infocom Orlando 2007, 2009, 11, 13, and this year, and only done one Infocom in Las Vegas, which was in 2010. Um, primarily for us, it's a good chance to meet a lot of our clients and a lot of people who advertise or sponsor things that we do. So we had good meetings with Barco, Nanolumens, Christie, uh, NEC Display Solutions, etc. So it's primarily really to meet those people. We do walk around. Um, the digital signage zone, although you say it's sort of grown, it's still pretty tiny compared to what we have at ISC. ISC now has a hall and a half of digital signage. Those of you who went, a couple of people went and you would have seen it in uh, Amsterdam in February. So it's pretty tiny. When we go into the digital signage zone here, I think that the organizers of Infocom have sort of not let the show down, but they there's too much Chinese LED stuff there. It, it looks like you're something from a Blade Runner film. Why is that a problem? I think it's a problem for the people that you, because you have a mix. You have, um, you, you've either got to, if you do a show with digital signage, you're, you've either got to have a digital signage hall, which is just digital signage with high quality digital signage stuff in. Um, what you have here is you've got NEC, you've got Sony, you've got the uh, another big manufacturers not in the digital signage zone, but they're some of the biggest players in the space, and Christie and whatever. So when you come into this space, which is the digital signage zone, as Infocom put it, you end up with you know cheap Chinese LED, cheap Chinese LED next to a nanolumens, which is obviously not a cheap Chinese LED. Um, and then you get a sharp, and you get other people. And I think also the people that you suggested, like the, the real fiction people, I think they sort of get let down mm. because it dumbs the whole thing down. It's like if you've ever been to CES, you know, there's whole halls of you know Asian manufacturers, and it's great for what you get. But when you walk into the hall, you know what you're getting. You know, you're going to be sold a battery pack for your iPod. You're going to be uh, sold some nano that thing you just the fog dispenser type <laughs> thing or some little keychains. I think, I think. Quality of shows is very important to keep advertisers keep coming back, sponsors keep coming back, 
and I don't think that you get that quality sometimes when you just bring in, you're just selling space. And I don't think that's the right thing. That's just me personally. Uh, ISE, Mike Blackman, who runs ISE, has done the, the most terrific job of any show organizer in the world. You know, and I'm not saying that just because I'm European and he's also British. He lives in Germany. But um, you know, when ISE started 12 years ago, it had 2,500 people in Geneva. Then it grew, went to Amsterdam, and every year it's grown and grown and grown. I think they had 60,000 people last year, um, which is remarkable. But he's done it because he's kept the quality high. And he said, right, this is video conferencing in this hall. This is digital signage in this hall. And every, every couple of years, I mean, the, the, the years when digital signage really took off at ISE were probably 2010, 2012. And he really did a, a, a lot of effort, made a lot of effort to put a hall together. And, and then he sort of left it alone and it's grown and it's good quality. And then he's gone off and done um, unified communications or video conferencing. You know, now we're seeing drones. So he'll do, you know, he does that does it bit by bit. So it's just a quality issue, I think, rather than anything else. And what should we do here at Infocom with the LED manufacturers? Where do they go? Do they go in an area by themselves? That's a good question. Is it, is it, uh, <laughs> are you offended by it only because it is in the digital signage area? No, because LED is a big part of the digital signage. I mean, I'm a, I've, I've made suggestions to show organizers in the past that what you actually want, if you want to get, if you want to get my type of end user to your show, you know, the advertisers, when you show something on an LED video, well, it has to be in context. Right. What we, I mean, we're looking at something here which is pictures of flowers, you know, and people will play Pixar movies, you know, out of proportion, or somebody will plug a James Bond movie and play it on a, an LED and it's two feet from you. Rather, so the, rather than actual advertising content. Yes, or, and it should be in context. Or production content. You know, I think they need to, shows like this are in competition from so many uh, vertically focused shows. You know, a show that focuses on retail, a, a show that focuses on hospitality, right. a show that focuses, we have in Europe, I don't know if you have one in the US, Passenger Terminal Expo. <laughs> if, you're, if you're into airports, if you sell things into airports, you go to Passenger Terminal Expo. And it's a, it's a high class quality show which gets people from every single airport in around the world going to buy product. So the vertically focused shows are the competition to a big show like this. Um, and I think you need to keep the quality up. One of the things we've suggested to show organizers in the past is to have a, you know, you need a creative director. You need to stop some of the rubbish that's put up on screens in MySpace from going up. Because having a James Bond movie played on cheap Chinese LED, burning the backs of your eyeballs out, you know, three feet in front of you is not good for anybody. You won't get a Lamar, a Clear Channel, a JC Decoe coming to this sort of show, which is what you want to mm -hmm. up the whole thing and looking at buying things if that continues. You can find Brock McGinnis on Twitter at Brock McGinnis. You can find Adrian Cottrell at his website, dailydo.com, daily, D-O-O-H. You can find Mr. Tucker on any such social platform at Tucker2s. Dave Hats can be found on Twitter at DaveHatsAVI or on the AVI Systems website, avisystems.com. On our next segment, we have Phil Cordell from M3 Technologies. Also, he's known as the AV Professional Hi-Fi. Jamie Trader from AMX by Harman. Josh Schrego from soundreason.org, as well as AV Nation. And Bill Brown from BD Communications. We start out by asking Mr. Trader how the AMX purchase of SVSI happened. Wow. Um, logistically, you could probably imagine how. Uh, emotionally and philosophy, this is something we've been keeping our eye on for a really long time. You know, we've, we've really been invested in uh, looking at the full 
signal distribution chain, getting media around the world, and we've 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 kept our eye on it and, and played with different products. We've experimented with different technologies, and SVSI is obviously someone that's done some really remarkable things. So we've been watching and. Uh, you know, looking at the culture of the folks and looking at the technology, there, there couldn't be a better made up for us. So it, 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 it was kind of a decision already made in the stars for us. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Very, very thrilled. Bill Brown from BD Communications gives us his insight on what he saw at Infocom 2015. Wow, there is a, I guess a, a number of things. I, I, think, I think it's more of what I heard. I, I heard that a lot of of um, manufacturers are really looking at what the end user needs and really kind of designing things and really not just pushing back but saying, okay, this is what you're asking for, This we get it. And, and so, and I think that's where our industry is going and the more that we um, service the end user and make sure that um, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway, but we're going to, as professionals, support that. Um, that's a, a, a good thing that I heard from a lot of um, the manufacturers around. Phil Cordell lets us know what his thoughts are on the best of 2015 Infocom. Uh, I saw a lot of cool stuff, man. And first, let me say how excited I am to be in Brock McGinnis's chair. I felt the style and the wisdom when I sat down. Like, it just permeates. Like, yes! I feel incredible. AV superpowers. No, the... the That'll come later, I guess. Uh, you know, I was interested to see in the collaboration space, it's such a hot term right now, collaboration. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I had heard rumors like, you know, the Microsoft Surface Hub's coming out. You guys may as well just shut down. I mean, it's going to put you all out of business. I looked at it. I mean, it's cool. It's fine. You know, I see what, the, what it does. We sell a lot of Mondo pads right now. And uh, Mondo pad, you know, and Focus just did a 2.0 uh, upgrade on their IO or on their OS rather and it's integrating some airplay and I mean it's doing a lot of features that that are pretty hot so I think my takeaway from that is like it's okay it's gonna be okay people <laughs> the sky is not falling Phil mentioned the Microsoft Surface Hub I typically don't go after technology until it's in the second or third generation so we talk about that for a minute well here's what I was told and I won't say by who but somebody at Microsoft was like the hardware is perfect it's awesome but it's built on Windows 10, which is still wonky. And so it's crazy, you know, I mean, it was freezing up during a demo. And I asked, I said, you know, we do training. I get it. I've been here where you're trying to train. It's not working. You don't know what to do. So just relax. It's cool. But I mean, he said, yeah, you know, it's it's not worked out on, on the back end just quite yet. But it will be someday, right? Josh Schrago spent an awful lot of time teaching at Infocom 2015, but he did have the chance to go around the show floor and he lets us know what he saw. Uh, well, I took, a, I took a couple classes as well. I, I took... Uh, Paul Zeely's network security course, which... Oh, that's um, and, and his head still mounted on his body. <laughs> there was no... There, there may have right. been tuning out at some point in the two hours of... Well, apparently, according to Paul, what I've now acquired is an MBA uh, in two hours, <laughs> based on the information shared in that class for risk analysis. And there was wonderful information and the resources that he shared with those that were in the class. By the way, I just want to note, for a topic about network security in an industry where we talk about network topology and network transmissions all the time, why were there only 20 people in that course? The room <laughs> seated 60? It was a third full. And I get it, Friday morning, 8 a.m., you know, yeah, not a lot of people are necessarily here. They may have gone home on Thursday. It's also 8 a.m. on a Friday, so they're still hung over from the night before, but <laughs> well, I, it, 
I get it. And it was brilliant and amazing, and even if you don't catch everything in it, you're still catching enough information to walk home and be able to talk to IT managers and clients about security and seeing the risk analysis tools that are available to you that you can't get elsewhere. He is, it's literally he built them himself. He is giving them to the industry if you bother to show up and get them. More people should be showing up to get them. But And, and the cool thing about that is, those 20 people that were in that room, those are the best equipped, the, the best people that should have been in that room because anyone who's going to sit down knowing Paul Zeely and want to consume that information, they want the information and they're right. going to make hay with that information. And as a marketing tool to that, there were two members of my company in there. Well, if you really want to start getting into where I fit in the industry, uh, I actually had a potential proof of case cause that my theories on net neutrality were accurate and have actually happened. Uh, I wrote slides on net neutrality for Melissa Dolman's courses so that way they could be presented. She asked me to come in and present on them uh, when I could and I was able to do two of four of her classes. But one of the classes, somebody walked up afterwards and said, you know, it's interesting, you should bring this up at the very end of your course because we have a video conferencing unit that's been working for, ye for months, years possibly. I, I didn't catch how long, but it's have been flawless. And all of a sudden the rules go into effect Friday and they go to a video conference this week and suddenly it's very slow. And it gets bogged down. And eventually people start getting booted. And he started to realize, I can run speed tests on my ISP connections between the two devices, between the point to point of the communication of our video conferencing. I have that capability now and I now know that's what I need to monitor. So we may already have a case out there where we actually get to file a complaint with the FCC and go, see, see, we need to be included under the protected data. Wow. And that in and of itself is one of the most exciting moments of the show for me <laughs> that I now have a case I can point to with a very well-known company in the United States. It's, it's a, an acronym company. Oh, <laughs> we asked Jamie Trader how his first Infocom being a part of Harmon and a part of the Harmon booth was. Everything you could expect, I would say, is what I gotta say, because it was just so true. This was just a phenomenal show for us. It's, you know, we've had a year under our belt now of actually looking at what are real synergies we can pull together being part of a Harmon Pro family, you know, and you look at there's a synergy and looking at technology synergies, right? What technologies can we merge together? But then there's also, how do we make all this stuff that exists and these great things come together and easier to bring together? So some of the stuff we got to show on the floor really got to excite different brand fans when they saw what those integration pieces were, taking into account things like, uh, you know, taking a, the new Blue 103, you know, a voice over IP enabled, you know, small small uh, DSP processor, make that RPM configurable, and they have a Netlinks master be able to dial into uh, faders and everything just from a web browser on the master, and I don't have to know Audio Architect, for example, you know, I don't have to learn a new software tool those types of synergies of not necessarily even needing to change the product, just make them easier to all work together. For a first tier synergy, it, it was neat watching people light up seeing that. Um, from an AMX specific perspective, it was just really funny. Now we've been so focused on developing platforms and not products for the last couple of years. So, you know, again, this show, Bill, I think you mentioned it perfectly in terms of what manufacturers are really focused on in terms of what problems can we really solve? And the biggest problems we're focused on solving are just you know, simplifying implementation, 
maintenance and use. So all these platform announcements that we got to make were really focused on dialing into those things. So all the folks that came through, it was neat seeing it resonate with them. So really rewarding show. I wish I would have gotten out on the floor and gotten to see some other things, but this is my first opportunity to step off of our booth the entire week. So it was a good, it was a good week. It was a really good problem. We asked Phil Cordell what surprised him at Infocom 2015. Yeah, man. Just uh, all the advancements in, in uh, display technology have been have been blowing my mind. Uh, I found my way off into a, a side room where there was a Barco uh, massive screen. They said with unlimited points of touch, it was like a, it was like a little secret. Yeah, it was a, a laser phosphor rear projection. No, I didn't. I felt like I should have. It, it was cool, man. It, to, to me, really, it was the closest thing I had seen to the minority report type screen, if you will, where you touch it and the, you know, and just, yeah. For people that are getting audio only, it was kittens, is what it was. <laughs> it created a kitten in the screen and it actually expanded. Yeah. Bill Brown and Josh Schrago also give us their insight on what the most unexpected thing at Intelcom 2015 was. Well, I mean, it was mentioned, uh, uh, you know, Microsoft earlier. I mean, from their showing last year, um, you know, with no product in just like chairs. a big chairs, Here, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Right, right. Um, to really, really uh, partner with some integrators and, and really present what they're doing, I, I think they're starting to get it, and hopefully they can have a product that will um, really make a difference. And so that was kind of surprising that they, you know, come with one product and you know, a really large presence here. So um, hopefully next year they'll like step it up even more. But, sure. but from last year when they didn't have anything, I mean, was that them like, let's just go hang out around them and make them think we're one of them. And then next year we'll try one to sell them us. something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right? I mean, we, we were all like, what are they doing here? What's going on? It's the long play, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, I get the last word for this group of folks. Well, I got to say the most encouraging thing I see is the active participation in in the community uh the av selfie was bigger than ever this year uh the amount of attendees in education uh while the classes it, it was odd i heard a lot of people talk about the classes necessarily being down in attendance but the diversity and number of classes seems to have gone up a little bit this year and so it may just be that people are picking different sorts of things and attending that. I, I was fortunate, my class sold out, yay! Right. System engineering for salespeople, and I, and I had a great time doing it, and I had a great time participating. There was also wonderful participation from the standards plenary and getting people involved in trying to create standards, and, and the way that Anne Brigida from Infocom changed that dynamic and, and moved it around and increased the participation from those that came was absolutely incredible, and I was, I was completely blown away by that. And having that, added communication and added participation and Infocom's perpetual outreach that they're not being as quiet about as they used to be. They're starting to open up a little bit more and let people in and let people know what they're doing. Or it could just be that I volunteered for so many things I'm finally getting to hear it. Now you know, right? So it's, it's one of those things, but. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're and again, up, right? I, I truly believe they are opening up to more avenues and they're opening up to more people about what they're trying to do, how they're trying to help, and they're sending people out to do incredible things. And and for me, being a part of that is, is why I joined this industry, to, to be a part of making this industry bigger, making this industry better, and making it look, you know, look like what we know it to be to everyone else who just says, oh, well, it broke, call the AV guy. And that chance and that opportunity is only going to be had here because this is the only place where you're going to get 
a rough estimate of 38,500 or so people attending this show. Not official, but may or may not have come from a reliable source as to where we stand for attendance here. So that having been there for us is uh, kind of a nice benefit. You can find Jamie Trader at AMX by Harmon, AMX.com. Phil Cordell can be found at on Twitter at the underscore AV underscore professional. Josh Rago can be found J Strago, S-R-A-G-O on Twitter. And Bill Brown can be found at BD Communications. For our last segment, we have Yuval Kramer from Kramer Electronics, Don Mead from NetAV and AV Nation, as well as Craig McCormick from Commercial Integrator. We start out by asking Dawn what she saw at Infocom 2015. You, you know, I honestly have been so busy this week, I haven't had a chance to run the floors very much. There were a few cool shinies that I definitely want. Uh, AV Grump over there is not going to be happy, but I totally want one of those mirror LCD panels in the living room. That way, you know, when it's turned off, I can do my hair or people can think it's decor. And then when we turn it on, we can watch whatever we want on the big screen. That's kind of cool. but. I think the most exciting thing has been uh, some of the Infocom efforts for women this year. Our women's breakfast continued this year, and uh, it was the first meeting officially at the show of the Women in women of Infocom Networking Council, which is open to men and women. You all are welcome because this is one of the coolest, most welcoming industries in the STEM world for women, and so we're not going to exclude our brothers because you guys rock. Uh, the breakfast is not free, but you get RUs for coming. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a sweet gig. They feed you. They bring in great speakers, and uh, you get RUs for doing it. So Next up, Craig McCormick gives us his insight on what he experienced at the show. Yeah, I, I know there's mixed reaction to Microsoft being here, especially after last year, but I, I thought that was uh, it was really cool, and especially comparing it to last year, that was the first appointment I made last year and the first appointment I made this year, and I can't believe the difference, and it... It's been a busy booth the in, the entire week, and and it looks like, you know, there, there's obviously buy-in from integrators and from manufacturers in, in into that into the Surface Hub. So, I mean, I, I think they're they're going to make their mark in the next year. Craig mentioned the Microsoft Surface Hub. One of the things that came out during the show were the different levels for integrators and distributors. I asked Craig what the differences were. What's the difference? I I think you'd have to ask Microsoft about that because I, I I don't know for sure what the difference is, but I. I just think it's it's neat that you know they're here and they're you know they obviously have shown an effort. They want to be part of this industry and people want them to be here. And, you know these these big I mean it's AVI, SPL, it's Whitlock, it's you know some some of the biggest players in the industry are are buying in. So I, I mean I know it's a little bit pricey for some of the mom and pop shops to to get involved with you know twenty thousand dollars for a. Yeah, I, I know, but still, that and you know, it's whatever seven thousand for for the smaller one, and that's still that's still a lot of money. So, it it's not for everybody, certainly. And I know there's been some criticism about it, but I, just after the way last year went and the the effort that they put into to make sure that this year was you know the exact opposite, I I, I just thought it was great. Yuval Kramer from Kramer Electronics gives us his insight on how his show was. No, it was completely empty. I was just by myself. Yeah, just by myself. No, I was thought I was sure it's gonna be busy. Yeah, I know. No, it was not empty at all. We were working for the last several months of of the new cycle of Kramer. So we introduced a new company here. I don't know if you heard about it. Kramer Electronics is 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 a brand new company now. <laughs> yeah, we changed our entire face. We are no longer doing boxes. There are no more boxes in Kramer. 
they are just complete different agenda for really end-to-end -to -end solutions. Yuval talks about K-Touch, Kramer's control system. We want, we want the control product of the show, best-in-show control product from Kramer Electronics. So it, it is a new way for us, it's a new face. We changed our entire agenda. We, we came twice as more powerful than what we, we left last year, which was an excellent show last year, but we came much better now. We are all, it, this was fascinating, it's always. We are 34 years in the business and trying to reinvent ourselves every once in a while. And we really got it. We really got it now. So it was super exciting for us. And part of what came out of that is us being in the booth super busy. Saw very few things outside the booth. Saw the sun and the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and our booth from the inside out. Dawn Need tells us why she comes to Infocom. You know, honestly, I don't mind not seeing the show this year on the floor because I come to Infocom for the people, for the energy, for the education, and not just the formal classes from Infocom, but just standing here and talking to someone like Paul Zeely or um, some of the women I spoke with this week at the breakfast, people that have been in the industry for years and coming from different industries into our industry, it's just phenomenal. Sometimes I just want to sit and listen to everything they say and soak it in. So um, it, it's the relationships with the people and learning from them and, and just feeling this whole energy. And it's Infocom, man. It's like, come on. And, I mean, I'll get to ISC. Don't get me wrong. I will get there if, if I have to uh, walk. But uh, we're, we're, we're coming. Uh, it, it's all about the relationships. And I look forward to build, building them in, in Europe. But uh, here, I, I love you guys, right? That's what it's about. Yuval and Craig also tell us why they come to Infocom. Yeah, because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad. <laughs> My dad makes me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you come here on the floor and you talk to so many, so many brilliant guys. That, that's that's my, my thing, you know. You just talk to guys that have full boxes up here and I love that. And I love that. I love being challenged. I always tell my sales guys in the booth, whenever a smart guy comes along, you know, that asks hard questions, let me have him. Because I like being tested on a daily basis and this is an excellent situation for a back and forth with excellent guys we have them um, all over here and I love that so this is why I'm, I will come here even if my father will not force me to come here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you just never know what you're gonna see that I think that's kind of the, the biggest surprise um, this year I, I went to a breakfast and Dave Labuskis was there and I thought it was gonna be a you know welcome to Infocom sort of thing and it turned out to be a you know kind of a call to integrators to make sure you get more involved with with Infocom that you know that basically saying Infocom hasn't done a great job you know staying connected with its integrators and and the opposite is true and he's going to make an effort to do that and I posted a story about that this morning and um, with regard to you know kind of what's new what's what's coming one trend that I've noticed this year is there's a lot less vaporware and, and they're real. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I, I, Craig McCormick from Commercial Integrator mentions he doesn't think there's as much vaporware at Infocom this year. I ask him to define that or qualify that. Just based on you know, I, I always ask you know, when is this going to be shipping? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Is, is it? <laughs> is it shipping now? And and there's been a lot more. You know, they're they're shipping in July. They're shipping in August. They're shipping in September. Then we're shipping. You know, next year you'll see it by next year. Like the. Right. I've, I've heard a lot less of, you know, it's coming in 2016, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And it, it's it's definitely been noticeable, and I don't know if if that was like a, you know, a, a 
a, a conscious thing that, that somebody told you know people that to only bring the stuff that you're going to be shipping soon or already shipping but it it definitely is a lot more noticeable this year so you can find dawn mead on social media at av dawn Craig McCormick can be found on Twitter at Craig McCormick, and Yuval can be found at Kramer Electronics website. All right, that wraps up the live from Infocom 2015, Episode 1. You can find more information about AV Nation on avnation.tv. avnation.tv, you'll find this program and a host of others. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week.